Hello, and welcome to the In Contention Podcast. This is Sam Stoddard, your host, with Matt Cranstuper. You were going to put a middle name in there. Cranny the something. But you just the problem is, all your middle names are just really offensive, or they're just not funny. Yeah. Like I thought his nickname was the Innkeeper. Why is he Innkeeper? Because <laughs> that's what Cranstuber means. Does it really? Yeah. Yeah. Matt the Innkeeper. An honorable trait. Yeah, not a real popular boxing nickname. It doesn't really strike fear into the heart. <laughs> and oh, now, no, I put my opponents to sleep. Yeah. Innkeeper. I'm sorry, buddy, but there's no room at the end. <laughs> How's it going? And Ruben Bressler. Hi, I don't have any awesome nicknames like that. Well, I'm the sandwich. You're the Ruben sandwich. Sandwich Bressler. That's I right. Like it. I also put people to sleep if it's a really good sandwich. Boys, we got a big show tonight. Yep. This is. Probably the this is the game changer. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of contention. <laughs> it is, which means of course we're going to be covering it last. Right, of course. Uh, we're going to fast forward. We'll know, so don't even try it. Right, we're just like hidden tracks back in the nineties. We're going to like <laughs> put like fifteen minutes of dead air at the end of this episode for you guys. Every twelfth sentence, I'm going to say a word, and then you have to put those words together. Oh god, someone's <laughs> going to do it and put and, it in the comments and go to that website. <laughs> That's insane. Jeez. So, hashtags. We only have five hashtags tonight. First one is mind the moto gap, sub hashtag baby gap, sub hashtag moto cube schedule. Then we have Avacyn restored pre-release and uh, my favorite sub hashtag of all time, search for Cranny's gold. Right. And uh, another sub hashtag under that, sealed bad, question mark. Sealed bad? Bad. Uh, then we have the million dollar baby. Then we have the new newsening. Ending. Right. <laughs> and then we have Quest for Ancient Secrets. Yeah. Who right. even knows what the hell that means except for us? Except for the enchantment from Zendikar that does something. It shuffles What does things. it do? It's oh, like... It stopped the mill deck from being yeah, good for you like should, a month. Whenever something goes into a graveyard, you put a counter on it. And yeah. That's not what we're going to... We're not going to break it for modern. We're going to talk about altered realities. What would happen if Quest for Ancient Secrets... Draw three instead of shuffle your library. Oh my god! So I want to talk about one thing before we get into this. So uh, have you heard all the talk today about people realizing all the cool stuff with the food chain combo? Yeah, with is that from Jack Randall? What do you mean all the cool stuff? Like all the stuff that Jack wrote about? Possibly. Okay. Other than other than serum powder, he didn't get serum. Serum powder is the one that everyone's like, okay, that might actually break it. Right. Because because Jack was like, all right, everybody knows Force Will. Uh, Most people know Chrome Mox. And then Jack was like, here's some other things. And then in the comments section, other people were like, hey, also, foil and misdirection are cards. And like, then people just kept adding Wait, to things that you can do. If you if you take it out from under Chromox, Chromox doesn't... Chromox does, is no longer... But the idea is that you're like, you know, right, turn, turn two-ing. Like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like turn two... You're like turn one, two mana something, like a Sylvan Library or whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Turn two Food Chain, turn three Mist Hollow... Removing mm-hmm. the thing and then it into that plan. turn, yeah. right? And then the, the serum powder thing is just <coughs> yeah. The serum nuts. powder yeah. thing is ridiculous. That's pretty cool. Which like now you don't want to just run the one mist hollow. Now you want to have the four so you can mm-hmm. remove one. Because yeah. people were like, why don't we just like ex- surgically extract it or something? Yeah. Go read the article. It's at legitmtg.com. Right. It's uh, under the you don't know Jack uh, by Jack <laughs> Brandon. One of our Redline. one of our favorite buddies of the podcast. That's right. Um, so why don't we start at the top? And uh, why don't Ruben take it away? We're, you, you're the one who brought this topic up. So. Right. So uh, on Monday, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Spain wrote an article called Shrinking the Gap on the Mothership website, Daily MTG, 
I think you all know what I'm talking should about. Should be bookmarked. Yeah, well, you should probably have it as your homepage. Um, and it was basically detailing the changes that, we, that we're, they're doing to the uh, Moto schedule in relation to real-life magic. Yeah. The most important of which is the gap between getting the cards in real life, getting physical cards in real life, and getting physical cards online is shrinking by a noticeable amount. Mm-hmm. The secondary thing about this is that now pro players will be able to play standard or block or whatever the format is, or draft, I suppose, if that's the pro tour, but, I mean, you know... Well, but all, it's, it's all a of part of every part pro tour. Right, it's part of every pro tour. But you can practice the constructed formats online is yeah. the most important thing, I think, um, before the pro tour happens. Several days. All, not, not a full week, I don't think, but several days, mm-hmm. which is going to be a huge game-changer, I think, for uh, future pro tours, because there have been card availability issues, there have been uh, playtest group issues, you've never been really able to play actual competitive games, um, and so it, I think it will definitely impact the future of uh, Magic, especially yeah, and being able to actually build the decks on MTGO... Um, as the Pro Tour is going on, that's neat. Right. So as the Pro Tour is going on, players at home yeah. saying, that deck is awesome. Can immediately, because you, you could have been watching a Pro Tour from a while ago and been like, man, that deck is awesome. I'm going to buy up all the cards except for these 16 that I can't right. get yet. Right. Well, right. It, and it wasn't always a problem. It's one of those things where the old Pro Tour <laughs> schedule was kind of tangentially related to the release schedule, but they didn't quite line up. Obviously, ever since they decided to start doing, you know, Pro Tour Dark Ascension. You know, that is the same Pro... You know, Pro Tour Dark Ascension right. is the... Comes out right after Dark Ascension. Right, now that they've lined up the, when the sets come out and when the right. Pro Tours are. Like, yeah. Pro Tour Philly was 100% on Moto for quite a while. Sure. I just think this is, like, amazing at how lean they've made MTGO over the last... I mean, let's say, let's say the last five years. They made the UI change... Um, people resisted that. There were some bugs they had to get out of it. I don't know if they like changed the teams or what they did, but they really just like total 360, no server issues. The, the interface is good. They have a stable economy now. A little, a little uh, deflated, um, in my opinion. I think I would like to see card singles worth just a little bit more. Um, but You're uh, so much hate over that. Well, no, I just think it's nice to draft and take rares and have the rares be worth something, but the rares are almost never worth anything. I think it's probably more a symptom of mythics, but 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 then they they you know we used to see releases where I remember there being a month lag before right. when a set would come out. I would go to the pre-release. I would have to wait oh, almost over a month to be able to draft that. So I would get to the set. I'd be excited about it. You know, we do like a week or two worth of drafts, and I'm like, okay. Well, I want to go draft this. Well, it's not out on Moto. And then by the time they put it out on Moto, they would be doing triple set drafts because they had to like get a bunch into the system and people weren't interested in doing three sets. And it was just like always kind of a mess. And I think they've got the, the release schedule down. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like to play in the release events. They fire them pretty frequently. The drafts are good. The construct is good. They have good constructed queues. I mean, they're just doing everything right when it comes to Moto, in my opinion, to the point where I've cashed out... Um, when uh, when V3 went live, I cashed out, bought back in when Legacy was big, cashed out after Legacy was bad, and actually just bought back in because mm-hmm. it's just so enjoyable to draft. Wow. So, yeah. And you're going to get cube four times a year. You gotta well, have, you, so that's the, that's the new thing is that's another symptom of the gap is that the cube comes yeah. back during that, that gap. So whereas players don't really want to play during this lame duck period uh, standard, 
or whatever, or, or just draft I mean, or anything. Right, or yeah, it, it's harder to get draft. people to draft uh, Dark Ascension, Innistrad, Innistrad once real life has absolutely and when they yeah. really want to draft absolutely sure. Yeah. So anyway, during these lame duck periods, you now get to draft the cube. Yeah, which, which is obviously awesome. and, and there's like, one week of cube life. and one week of Nyx ticks oh, for right. whatever the set is they're releasing. They're actually doing it now. If you look, their TPF drafts firing. Right, um, so you can take your TPF draft sets and do it now, but they will continue on for yeah. a week after cube. So if you want to spend your whole week cubing, yeah. which why wouldn't you? Then you can take your next sticks and do something with them. And it's such a good idea because right now, um, and I don't know if this is just because it was released, I'm actually surprised, TPF drafts on the sell side are 8 ticks for a draft set. So it's pretty low. In fact, if you're listening to this, and hopefully you are today on Thursday when we're making uh, this this crazy episode, um, you should be on there playing 8-4s. Yeah. Do not play Swiss Qs. Do not play 4 through 2 Absolutely. Even if you win out in those, you're, you're going to be losing. So, like, if a draft set sells for eight, you have to win three three packs to win two ticks. So, just, there's no... Interestingly enough, though, the Swiss Qs are, are the four through two twos are actually not as bad this time. Because if you get two packs, it's uh, one t- future site, one t- um, one future site, one player chaos. And player chaos isn't, you know, it, it's pretty low. Future site is the, is the is like, the, the awesome pack. Yeah, sure. Obviously, you know... Many people will be looking to crack Glades over the next two weeks. Right, no. but you can also crack, you know, Dark Amoebas and other things that are worth some amounts of money, like pacts of various types. So, right. I was at a, a professional events, which is the big tournament organizer we've talked about a million times before. Um, they used to bring foreign boxes to events, and um, so anytime they would have foreign packs, I'd always buy them to crack them. Well, th- they had a, a box of Japanese Future Sight. They were selling for like six or seven bucks a pack. And they got down to the last pack. This guy had bought like five or six, and he opened a bunch of junk. So the the, the game, when you, if you ever played the Future Light game, you would always just kind of slide the, the last card to see what the template looked like. If it was in a current frame, you knew that you, that you had a whammy, right? You knew that it was nothing. So he goes to his pack, and he's like sliding cards off the top, and it's like, you know, getting to the end. This is the last pack in the pack. He gets to the end, to, and it's a foil. So he like sees the rare... And it's like a land or something. And he's like, oh, what's going on here? So he slides it over a little bit. Remember, it's a Japanese pack. So it's a Japanese green card, future site template. Kamals or fits the, the no, Imperiosaur. Scragnoth or whatever Scragnoth, that was. Yeah. Quagnoth. Quagnoth. Yeah. I'm just like, ah! Oh, but it, all it had to be was like just two slots over on the, the, on the print, print sheet, sheet and it yeah. would have been a $800 foil. But that was that was pretty exciting. Everybody just kind of gathered around. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but obviously, you know, as soon as we get done here, we're going to be cubing. I'm going to be cubing through the weekend. Right. What's your stream? Uh, we're going to just do Twitch TV, Twitch.tv slash In Contention. Okay. We'll put and, that in the show notes. Yeah. Like, and hopefully we'll be streaming through the weekend. I I got the green light to be spending some time cubing this weekend. So nice. <laughs> there will be some cubing to be had. Quality time with you and Zozu at the computer. QT with me and the kitty. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. So, um, Absent Restored. Absent Restored pre-release is happening this last weekend. It was interesting. I had a lot of fun with it, though. My deck was the exact opposite deck I ever would have expected to be playing in the tournament. Okay, so you built what? Black-white mono six drops. Yeah, so I, I sat across from Sam, and I saw him curving his deck out, and I was kind of, like, squinting a little bit, because he had, like, eight cards that were 
five or greater in casting costs. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, and I'm, in, and he looks over and he kind of like shrugs, like, oh, what am I doing? I don't know what to do. Like, and then he continues to like lay all these cards out. And then at the low end, he's got like one one drop, like you know, three two drops, and then everything else is like five drops. Right. And my my pool was just like my red had maybe three removal spells, but they were all like the two damage. But that was like, but that was it. That was it. Like. I had, like, a couple of the enchantment that makes guys not be able to block, and, like, I'm like, oh, okay, so this this is not going to work. This is just not going to work at all. Then my um, my green was, like, okay, but I had uh, three of the six-drop, six-four, who I like, but the problem is... soulbond guy. Right. My white is uh, two Angel of Renewal. That's the put a one-one into play. Right, that's the flying, losing squirrel? No, 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 no. That's the guy... Um, the game light. The game life. I think oh, so. the game life. Is yeah. I can't remember. Maybe it's not Angel. It's something like Angel or something. And he, when he, he's a, yeah, a he's six a mana 4-4 four, four flyer. When he enters battlefield, you gain two life for each other creature. How many of those did you have? Two. Okay. I had one of the Angel who puts a 1-1 one, one into play. Sure. I had an Archangel. Okay. I had uh, two of the 2-4 flyer, eight, you know, lifelinks Angel. Right. Um, I'm trying to think what my other white was. I put an Angelic Wall because that was my lowest drop uh, thing. I had, like... One of the 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 two one spirit who uh, gashes forms if you pay four, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, and I, I had one other six drop like flyer, and I'm like, okay, uh, and my 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 only real other option was that didn't was not just mono four and five drops was black because I had some removal. I had a uh, like the edict raised dead card. I had two of those, plus I had a bone splitters and a death wind. So I'm like, okay, I get some removal. I got two more three drop flyers. Um, you know, and so I'm just like, hey, you know, that I seems solid. Did I you know t- uh, I did. I also had two of the um, the uh, the artifact that adds one. That was really important. That's insane. Yeah, that yeah, was that was. It, I can't I can't stress how important it was to get that. Yeah. But what I basically every single game I would go down to like six life. Uh, I would play out some guys. They would eventually soul pair uh, soul bond up to the guys. They'd be paired and they'd be a little bit bigger. And then she'd be like, well, six drop game. Eight life, and they'd be like, oh, "I can't really tech into that." And I'm like, "All right, play another one, up to like 24." And they they get something out, they attack, and I block with one, and they trade. Then I just be like, "All right, second guy, get it back." And so I even like my opponents Jeez. every and I and I also have two of the two four flyers that Can you in my oh the only rare in my deck was the white white two human who has vigilance, and when he enters the battlefield, you name a creature type. Oh yeah, and all of your humans get pro that tricks. Is he the writers of Gavini? He is, and uh, he named humans eighty uh, percent time, <laughs> yeah. which to me is just like very awkward flavorly. I mean, I flavor wise, sure. I mean, I would expect it to be able to, to like, okay, vampires. My guys are pro vampires. Like, yeah. like my humans are all pro humans. Like, you know, it's even funny. Mark Rosar even said like, I'm rooting for humans. So like, as a tribe, humans is really. I mean, they were really, they focused on it. I mean, they have a removal spell around humans. They have tons of creatures in this yeah. set that trigger off humans. You don't even well, have that's to really... Like, that was the flavor of the thing, is Mark Rosewater wrote in a couple articles, it was like, humans are fighting together. Yeah. And so, like, all the humans trigger other human things, mm-hmm. which yeah. is which you could see in a lot of the pre-release decks. So, I think... Uh, let's talk about, like, the cards that you saw played that surprised you, because there's a couple that I want to talk about. Now, I, I drafted. I, I did not get to play in the sealed event. Um, but I have two cards specifically that I want to talk about. One is the, uh, the red... Two, three, one, human, and I, again, sorry, listeners. Uh, oh, the the fireball guy, just the actual worst. Yeah, so he he has the battlefield. <laughs> he deals damage equal number of humans you control. Um, that guy's 
bonkers. I really like him. And then the um, the draw spell for humans. for humans, mass appeal, mass appeal. Yeah, everyone was everyone who had a mass appeal was just singing its praises. I mean, every, you're right. Every person three is like, oh, I drew four off of this last game. Oh, I drew six off of this game before. Just like, yeah, he that card is really good. The the other card that I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but my favorite common in the set right now is Borland Rancher. Yeah. Like, all the, I just want to play... The two decks I want to play are decks either Monorite Humans or Monorite Splashing some other color for, like, Mass Appeal or some other card. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, just any deck where Borderland, Borderland Ranger is good. Could be, you know, green-white with uh, a lot of... Uh, it could be green-white with some Soulbound Splashing Blue or green-blue Splashing, like, red for some Soulbound. I really like the Soulbound decks. Yeah. I think there are a lot of... There's so much synergy... The, the, people are sort of complaining a lot about the lack of removal in the set, but the thing about Soul Bond is I think that the only way that, that a mechanic is any good is if you have a set without too much yeah. instant removal. That's fair. Because, I mean, you could imagine how miserable it would be if you had, like, invasion levels or even Ravnica levels of removal. Yeah. Right. Because you'd be like, pair, and they'd be like, you know, attack. Combat mortify. Like, every yeah. time you attack, like, you just get two for one every single time. So, yeah. like, it, you know, it's... You know, there's something nice about having sets that have a lot of removal, but it's nice that <coughs> you have, like, you're, they're forcing something you know, to do something different. You actually have to really conserve removal. You have to try as much as possible to two for one with it. Like, I think a lot of the common miracles, the especially the common miracles. well, the common ones, the the the, the white one oh, that yeah, puts yeah. a guy on bottom, vanishing strong, right? Yeah. Uh, blue one that puts a guy on top, and um, well, I guess the red one's uncommon. But those, I, I think those end up, should be played a lot of times without their miracle cost. Yeah, especially the white one, I feel, is way better as an instant. Right, because a lot of times, you you know, what you need them to do is break a bond yeah. and then block. Yeah. Because there are just so many, like, even just the, the, the three-mana guy who gives plus one, plus one, like, that guy... I love that guy. He's actually my pick for the common... There are so many times game. that you're playing, you're like, oh, like, they play him, and you're just like, jeez... Like, like, I'm going to take six in one hit because I can't block it. It's four power for three mana. I mean, there's nothing to be... Yeah, the, 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 I mean, it's the, there's so much depth in that. And, you know, if, if there is just a lot of common removal, all of those, you know, you, you have a real hard time really using Soulbond well because you just get blown out every other time you attack and you're just like, I don't want to play these cards. I don't want to... The only one you really want to play that is also the Hexproof guy. It made the the draft format was really interesting. We drafted the other night, and my first pack had the blue Hexproof Soulbond guy, which I saw him do like really amazing things all weekend, and not a lot of removal. And I I took it just on, I believed it was the best card in the pack, and didn't end up getting any more blue cards. But I, I it was seriously so good against me when it was played against me. I almost wanted to splash it like that. Soulbound as a mechanic is really good, but when you like completely stop your opponent from being able to interact with your creatures, like we've obviously seen how good Hexproof is in the last couple years, like ever since they basically started pushing that over Shroud, that uh, I really like that guy. But it, it was it was interesting. Like I went into red blue, and it was very easy for me to transition completely out of blue and into another color. It was very forgiving um, because I think the power level of like the okay cards is is good enough that like you don't feel, like, ashamed of yourself for running them. So, like, my deck was not good, I would say, but, like, it was it was acceptable because of, because I think the cards, like, in general had good synergy with each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, I, there's no fixing. 
literally no fixing the set. Except for Borderline well, Ranger. Course, Borderline Ranger. And, and uh, the, the super sleep signet. box. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the removing a card box. Um, and then there's like the green, uh, you know, prismatic lens type effect. But really there's no way, like if you if you grab like, you know, the disembowel spell, you, it's going to be very difficult to splash that. You have to naturally draw a black source. Like there's no evolving wilds. There's no signet. There's no... Uh, uh, obelisks. Right. So, like, um, what that led to is every deck, every deck that was in our draft was two colors. Some splashed if they had like some draw spells, and the decks were fast. Yeah. There were, uh, we we did an eight man the other night, and I was red green. There were like two red whites. They were very quick. I actually saw someone get killed on turn four. Wow. Nice. I was like, whoa, because of the humans. Right. The humans deck. Like the, they're the guys that have haste that make it so that creatures can't block. Um, there's a guy, the guys that obviously come in and deal damage, and then the flicker spell, just like, right. and Yeah, I've, I've heard from a lot of people that the blue-red humans is really good because you get the double flicker. And if you ever get a flick like one of those, plus something else that's like, in, 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 in a battlefield, target can't block. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, just like, okay, well, uh, you know, turn three, you're like, all right, take some damage. Turn four, you're just like... Take well, a million damage. Yeah, take a million yeah. damage. So you have a hashtag up your seal bad. Right, so there was a lot, some discussion at my pre-release, I don't know about your guys, was that Sealed, people just weren't having a fun time. Mm. Um, people thought that it was too bomb-intensive, like people, if you saw, like the people that opened Mythics won, regardless of play skill, which is sort of backwards to how people view Sealed as, people view Sealed to be a more skill-intensive format, I feel. Um, See, I, I feel that that's not a common view Okay, anymore. Well, that, that might just be in Athens, but I mean, some people. Okay, at my pre-release, people were saying this is a bad. Like, people were talking like, I opened six packs and I got like three, three drops like total in my color that I needed to play, or like three, two drops total, period, kind of thing. I will agree with that sentiment. I, as well, I watched a lot of seal pools get open, and the colors did not feel very deep. I th- but for draft, I felt like I said I felt like I had a plan reg- regardless of where I was in the rotation. But I definitely saw bad seal pools. Right. I had a. Ve- I'm sorry. Oh, like my seal pool was really tilted. I just got I got very lucky to to have uh, the two of the game life angel. I mean that was really what won me every single game was that guy. But like I, I played one rare in my deck. I had no no mythics. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's a, a bomb-oriented format. Well, it's very top-heavy. There are a, few, a lot of snakes. There, it, it is very top-heavy. Uh, there are a lot of expensive spells. Um, you know, it, it is not that fast format. There are a few fast decks that you can get, but it's not a super fast format. It's kind of more aggressive than normal because there is a lot of attacking and blocking. Yeah, but um, you know, I think that people have always. You know, decried sealed deck is not being very right. well. The other thing is that this this sealed is much different than most other seals because of the lowered amount of instant speed or even any removal, and the, because of the higher amount of giant drops you're playing. Yeah, it's like, a, 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 a different game. It is. It, it, it's different. And I think. That, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. I think it's actually fairly good. It's just going to require some like skill adjustment. Some skill. <laughs> right, you have to think about it a little bit differently. You know, I, I think that, like, for instance, I was not a fan of uh, Scars of Mirrodin, Triple Scars Sealed. I felt that that format, that, you know, was 
dominated by the fact that the a lot there like every single bomb rare had flying. Like every good rare had flying. Yeah. Like the, and, and really it was most decks were you know, most of the good decks were just dominated by decks that had okay, I, I got three arrests and three like Flyers. No, it was because uh, I think uh, Arrest and um, the Deal 2 Damage or something, oh, uh, Galvanic Blast, like, yeah. came in a run or something. And so people would just have, like, these infinite removal decks with, like, three dragons in it. And it was like... I want to talk to that just a little bit, because uh, one of our good friends, Doug, we were talking at the event, and um, I-, I made a joke that he finishes round really early because his deck was pretty aggressive. And I said, well, let's seal decks. And he's like, well, I don't, you know... I don't want a sealed deck. I'm like, man, what if they still had the tournament packs? He's like, well, I'd sealed deck you in a second. And and it was kind of funny because, like, the tournament packs are really bad consumer products, but they were really good for sealed. Like, I stopped playing sealed when they stopped doing tournament packs. Um, and it's because, like, I don't know if it's because, like, you didn't see, like, print runs as often as you did. Like, you didn't feel as bad if you're, like, two packs had a print run of, you know, you got, like, the random bad one, because your tournament deck always felt very fair. Like, you always felt like you had a fair chance. Whereas, like, I've opened sealed packs, where I'm like, I actually watched a guy open three packs and get no green cards. And it's just like... Okay, so so I wrote an article about this on my blog, like, on my blog a long time ago. The difference between six packs and five packs, wrote like... about it on your live journal. On my live journal. <laughs> um, it, you get, uh, if you do the math on it, you get a very similar uh, distribution in terms of the number of cards you see because you get more commons in uh, in a sealed deck mm-hmm. uh, in, in six packs you do in a yeah. in a tournament pack with two boosters. The big difference is that your chances of seeing multiples are considerably higher. So right. you see like kind of a similar distribution overall, but it's much more spiky. Like, you, you very, it is not uncommon to get two of something, or it used to be very much harder to get two of something. And three of something was pretty much unheard of before, and now it's a fairly common occurrence. The, it, it, you know, you, um, you see a similar, I'm trying to, I, how to explain it, like, you basically see, it's a little bit less than a normal thing, but that's because what happened was, is you had, essentially what you got was three packs where none of the commons repeated. Two packs. No. Oh, you mean the starter the deck? Yeah. The starter deck was... Yeah. Tournament pack was three packs where none of the commons repeated. Yeah. So you saw a huge base of the set yeah. right there. And then your other two packs, things could repeat and stuff. But you always had this big, like, 35 card, I think. Um, yeah, something like 35 card, like, stack of things that wouldn't repeat. And so you almost always tended to have a pretty good distribution. Like, it was very rare with a tournament pack that you'd have no good cards in it. You'd usually have... Like, a, a pretty good base, and then your packs, uh, the, your boosters sort of help that out. And I agree that it it, it made, I felt it made Sealed more, um, it made it a, a more even format. Yeah. And, yeah. well, because, and, and really with Sealed, what's the biggest problem with Sealed comes in, like, it previously says it's not really as bad as people make it out to be. It comes at big events. When you start looking at 200 players, uh, and, like, a PTQ, a large PTQ, where the bell curve of deck quality is a, is is much like steeper than it was previously, and so it used to be that you'd see like well, maybe it's less steep. I don't know. You used to have a couple people that would have like these ridiculous decks, but it was really hard to get a really ridiculous deck. And then you have a lot of people who had very kind of like in the middle decks, and then a couple people had really bad decks. With 
six packs, you see more people with these just ridiculous decks. Yeah, and I, and I, it, it, I think that's my that's my issue is that I had I, mean, I had I, a ridiculous deck. In, in in sometimes you get those decks and it feels good to have those decks, but like I I've probably done more tournament pack seals than any other limited format. Right. Just because that was like the thing to do. You get bored, like, hey, let's seal because it was like twelve right. bucks and you just you fire it up. And I, I like I said, I, I it just feels different. Like when you get six packs and you have a chance of getting, you know, three Doom Blades, like that makes things a lot different than when you only have three chances to get Doom Blades. Right. And you know you're right. Turnip packs were a very bad consumer product. Bad consumer product. And I understand why they discontinued right. them. Right. If you, like, a lot of people go, no, those are great. Because, like, and I was talking to my roommate about this. And he was like, oh, no. Oh, it's not so bad. Because you just, you just have them for, like, PTQs and stuff. And it's like, well, but the whoever's running it has to get the right number of it. Because yeah. if they underorder, then people can't play. Yeah, it's not practical. If they overorder, nobody comes in and they're just like, oh, hey, you guys have any turnip packs? Yeah. You know, they, it's, you know, people want a booster. In old sets, like, it's fun to crack a booster. Not as fun to crack a tournament yeah. pack. It's a much bigger investment. So I completely understand. I completely agree with getting rid of them. It does make the logistics of everything so much nicer. It, it does. I, I think that lim- uh, sealed deck was uh, was generally, I enjoyed it more. But it's also kind of hard to tell because this is the exact same time that they, they changed this at the exact same time they sort of lowered the sets, the set size. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, some of the changes are sort of melded into to each other. Like, I don't know what Ravnica would look like if we played six-pack sealed all Ravnica. Right. Right. You know, it, it might it might also have the... It might be, you know, remind us exactly of Ravnica. And it might be like, oh, this is... You know, it might it might be that some of the things that we're complaining... That are, are being complained about by people in general uh, are related to having smaller set sizes. Right. Um, I had uh, a couple... Well, I had an insane sealed pool, first of all. I had... Three of the minus X minus X black my, uh, instance. Mm-hmm. I had a pillar of fire. I had a thunderbolt, uh, and I ha- I had two of the enchantment that when that, uh, makes a guy gain haste and tap deal of damage. Yeah. And I would almost always wait to hold that guy because I I didn't have very many two drops. I had a couple, so sometimes it'd be like two drop and then immediately put it on a guy. But often with my deck, at least I could afford to wait for my choice for the uh, the common under the radar, which is Searchlight Geist, which is the 2-1 for 3 mana in black, that if you pay yeah. 4, he gains Death Touch. Mm-hmm. That guy's obviously insane with pinging effects. Yeah. However, he's also really good at just taking down giant flying things. Mm-hmm. Like, that card's fine yeah. at just trading with Archangels. Yeah, I, I, like I, I had uh, a match where <coughs> my, my partner and I were both playing basically big angel decks. The difference was that I had two of the gain lifes, and he had the blue white angel, the five five blue white angel, the um, angel that flashes something, and the angel that gives all your uh, non black creatures plus one plus one. Jeez. So his angels were slightly better than mine. However, I had two of that of the searchlight dice, and so I was able to sort of keep him from attacking with a lot of his guys yeah. and hold him off long enough to eventually. I didn't know how I did it. Somehow I managed to actually force through the game. And it, it was just like through some long series of just complicated, crazy plays and a lot of regrowing. Uh, you know, you sack a guy, I'm going to regrow a guy, and gaining life and, and making some you know kind of unfavorable block, but eventually getting the card advantage out of it. But I mean, yeah, it's uh, you know th- that guy. If you are on the defensive, there are times if you can just leave four open. You know, sometimes they just 
can't lose a guy. There's a, they have a big guy who's sort of holding their team together. And right. It's like, I mean, if, when you're not playing guys till turn four, you can't afford to just trade one for one. Yeah. Right. Really. So uh, among my other elimination spells that I had, the best one was I had Don King in my deck. I had the Uvermol track record. Um, and I had that. I had a Jun deck, and he he was really good in combo with the uh, the three five for five. Whenever it dealt damage to a creature and that you creature dies, you get it. Yeah. So I would start fights and take their guys. But the thing that it would, that it would often fight with is my is what I think is the best uncommon that you can open and sealed, which is the worst claw, because he's the worst claw. But it's called Vorst Claw, the seven seven for four colorless green green. <laughs> uh, he's just a vanilla seven seven, you know, but he costs six. And all the other things that cost six are much smaller than him. Like none of like he's yeah he's he doesn't six trade four tramplers and three three angels right. So yeah. he, that guy was just a house all day, yeah. and uh, he's he's very difficult to deal with. Um, sorry. Well, I'm just gonna say uh, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit because we could probably talk all day about the limited thing. I want to talk a little bit about the Hellvault thing because I, I really think that Wizards did a really good job with this thing, and I don't want to get into like too much of it because it was kind of controversial for part of it. But I just want to say that it was such a cool experience to see players get these cards. Basically, if you, if you didn't go to the Hellvault event, at the beginning of the tournament, they would put a Hellvault on the table. They'd say, okay, the Hellvault has 20 stickers on it. And in order to get rid of one of these stickers, you have to you have to have 10 achievements. So, so 200 achievements would take all the stickers off and the Hellvault would open. So some of the achievements were Get a legendary creature into play. Cast Gristlebrand. Yeah. High five your opponent who just played a removal spell yeah. on your biggest guy. Introduce yourself to a new player. And, yeah, and it Stuff was just like, like all these things. It got people talking. It got them doing fun <clears> things <throat> in the game, um, doing quirky things. You know, win with no creatures on the board, or just all, like cast cast a miracle card. And like, it was just so cool at the end of the round. And players turn their cards in, and I would look at them as they came in. I'm like, oh my god, someone did that. That's really cool. And then the and then the hell vault would open up, and then inside the hell vault was like this little paper cutout of Avison, and she kind of like rose up. That looked really cool. It was so cool, and like everybody would like gather around as they opened it, and there was like there were tokens and dice and all this stuff, and it was just such an awesome promotion. Um, you, people are right now are complaining because there were uh, a small handful of hell vaults that had several thousand dollars worth of tokens and judge foils, but you right, know what? So instead of normal tokens, they got foil tokens. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. congrats. You they, won the lottery. Yeah, and, like, and people are like, <laughs> there's people who are like, well, we got a hell vault, but we didn't get a premium hell vault, so <clears throat> I feel cheated. But like, like, so what? Like, did you have a good time? Like, did you get excited to open the hell vault? Like, I, I believe that people were excited to play in the hell vault Like, event. I don't I get, I don't get mad when the guy next to me opens up a foil exactly. cavern or something. Exactly. I'm just like, I'm not like I feel cheated because my seal that didn't have a foil cap. My lottery ticket didn't win. I feel cheated. Yeah, exactly. So I think that these kinds of these kinds of promos are awesome, and they should continue to. to yeah, do I, th- I think this one was. A they've done time. they have done a few really good promos. They did um, they did some stuff for Innistrad though wasn't as like well promoted, and then a lot of a lot of stars didn't really do it. But there was a, a whole human versus uh, yeah, monsters yeah. thing. And I think there was like a Halloween type thing. There was uh, yeah, they like M and M's that gave out. There was right. the full moon tokens. Yeah. Then another the other the big thing that people probably remember was uh, Mirrored Besieged, where you had faction packs. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I really like the idea that every few pre-releases they kind of go, okay, we're going to do something really cool for this. You know, it, it's it, it's something that you know, ideally stores don't charge more for it, but I know some did. But it's something where ideally, you know, it's it's sort of a free thing for the. 
for the stores, and it, it helps promote the game. It gets people in who might not, you know, it gets people who, a lot of people who were really excited about it were people who are not, like, super tournament so players. did what it's supposed right. to do. And it got people who were, like, got ex- people excited about the set and, like, oh, what's in it? You know, and it got people talking, and it got, and I, I felt that it was just a really good promotion. It, it, it did what it was supposed to do. Uh, there are obviously people who aren't happy, but people aren't happy about everything. Yeah. yeah you're, I mean, you're always going to have people, the dissenters. I remember people who are, you know, to this day are just like, Innistrad was a bad set. Yeah, like, and, you know, and you know if they put... Because werewolves ruined magic. Right. You know, well, I, it, the double face card just made... This, it, that was my... That's the strong You word. just got to take... You got to take magic feedback with a grain of salt. Understand who's who's making the feedback. What's the what's the motivation behind it, and really well, and not, be able to dissect that because not, it's there's so much complaint. Not everyone is going to like everything. Like I remember, like I had a real hard time during uh, Shadowmore because I just literally could not grasp that it was a monocolor set because I was for some reason my brain is like hybrid is multicolor. Yeah, probably because it started in Ravnica and you know old dog new tricks etc. But it, it it took me a long time to figure out how to draft those sets because like I'd be like okay well I take a a hybrid blue black card and I'd be like all right I'm blue black well yeah. no you're blue and you can or you're black and you can go in model color deck and like you know it, it was a set that I had a hard time with because I just didn't get it and so you know my brain had a hard time figuring out sh- uh, the whole hybrid mana thing yeah. and so I didn't enjoy that set as and I don't people who love that set right. who just they're like if when whenever there's like Nick's packs or Nick's ticks Shadowmore on MTGO, they're just like so they're like, oh god, I got to draft that. So that's so awesome. I kind of like Shadowmore, so like I I, I enjoyed playing Shadowmore drafts. Right. It, I it just, just I think it's probably because the persist <laughs> mechanic I thought was just an awesome mechanic. Yeah, it's and I love you know, it's just it. everything. There's always going to be someone. There's always going to be people who don't like certain promotions, who don't like certain mechanics, and that's fine. You know, the nice thing about Magic is that there's. Four sets a year. You and could if, just wait, like, two or three months. Right, and, and there's yeah. other things to do. You don't have to be playing... If you don't like the limited environment, don't play the limited environment. Yeah. There are other things to do. It's, it's you know, it, and there are people who are going to be like, this is, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. So, uh, I, as, um, you, if you listen to the show, you know I don't play in the pre-releases because I work with Comic Town, which is our local game shop, and I set up a, a small area there, and we, I help stock his case with singles and right. whatnot. So this weekend was uh, was interesting because I had somebody come in. I'm not going to name his name because I don't know if he wanted me to name him on the podcast. But we emailed ahead of time and he said, hey, I, I'm interested in making a trade for beta duels, which I had some beta duels. And so he, he actually came into the shop and I made the biggest trade I've ever made in Magic, <laughs> which is like kind of interesting. It, wow. I won't like get too much into details, but it involved... Two Alpha Undergrounds, a Beta Underground, um, and one of each other Beta Duel. Wow. Going back and forth in the t- table, there was a foil set of uh, Shocklands, a foil set, one of each uh, uh, Fetchlands, including Onslaught ones, uh-huh. Tarmogoyce, Forces. It was just like all this stuff on the table. Um, it was the only time I've actually had spectators just like <laughs> wanting to watch. And it was really cool to, to do that trade, and I was really appreciative Um of the deal when it was done. It was just like, it's pretty cool. So now, um, it's kind of funny. So I actually was on the receiving end of the seas. So I now have a play set of really nice underground seas. So I decided I'm going to build reanimator as big as I can because I just picked up a foil Japanese Iona, a foil Japanese, Japanese Elishnorn. And so I thought I would, uh, 
thought I would do that. But I, I thought it was worth mentioning because it's just not every day that How like, much are foil Japanese polluted deltas these days? Uh like a thousand dollars. Good luck with that. Yeah, I have That's... no I have no desire. This will be a slow bleed into yeah. the deck. I will not be uh <laughs> <laughs> But well, anyway, yeah. so I thought I'd mention that. Been speaking yeah. of million dollar things, uh million dollar baby. Right. So, no idea what that is. We'll, we'll let Starcy Games uh em- oh, million. employee. Yeah. Ruben Bressler. Well, Te- technically, aren't you a Star City Games employee because you're a writer? Well, Sir? Oh, that's different. Sir, fact check. I, um, I am, I am so a contractor, not a. Among employee. the other things that happened in the news this week, uh, on Tuesday, uh, Star City Games announced that they will be changing their prize structure. A couple, Among other things, they're going to be pra- changing the prize structure, changing the entry fee went up a little bit, uh, and they're giving away more prizes. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, they will be giving away a million dollars in prizes this year. That's oh. insanity. Yeah, right. It's not, not one million dollar prize, but right. a million dollars. Not a million dollar prize, but a million dollars. When total. I first saw Ricky Gashi tweet about it, I seriously thought that Pete Hofling had created a million dollar tournament. I was like, no. Yeah. No, don't do it, man. Don't do it, bro. <laughs> but then I, I got right. on and saw. So basically, the Invitationals pay out 75 grand. And the um, what used to be 10k's now pay out 15 grand. No, no. What, grand? what used to be when they first started, they were five thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, they, now they're 10k. They quickly went up to sixty four hundred dollars. Yeah. And uh, then it was think sixty four hundred for standard and like fifty eight for uh, legacy. Yeah. Well, now they're both ten thousand dollars. Okay. Now sorry. Ten thousand dollars. They're also doing away with the draft opens. Yes. Now accepted invitations. <laughs> accepted invitationals. Now this is a, this is sort of a for those conspiracy theorists out there, this is to get more people to play Legacy. Yeah. I mean, it's fairly Which obvious. Which is okay with me. Yeah. Well, so they, they not, did away with the draft opens so that a lot of the ringers wouldn't just wait for the draft opens, and they've also upped the prize pool for the draft It's for not the just that, though. I mean, because I'm, I, you know, I live in the Midwest, and those things, every single one, uh, not every single one, but most of them would fire with, you know, pretty full, if not completely full. Uh, when what I saw what going to other events and like you know traveling around doing commentary was that there were a lot of them that did not get very full. I remember one. I think in Dallas it was like thirty people. Yeah. Huh. So aren't they just doing? They're capping them at thirty-two and just doing draft side events now. Well, they're not doing. Uh, well, there's no one going to draft open. It's yeah. not going to you know qualify you for the invitation. You don't get plaques. Like, yeah. Right. I'll just say there are plenty of things to do at a Star City Open. Oh, if yeah. you like drafting and like that was your main draw. Like, I'm pretty sure you'll be just <laughs> fine. Like, you you shouldn't be coming to a Star City event just to draft. I mean, right. the draft open was, what, like $500 takeaway if right. you, you know, won anyway. So, I mean... And it was a chance to get your face on the website if you want, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. And get some nice stamped cards. Well, and you got Qualified Invitational, which right. especially, you know... It's, as, nothing. it's with, not nothing. You know. I, as Brian Kibler pointed out last time, it was $350 per person. Yeah. Now it's going to be even considerably higher than that. It's yeah. going to be a pretty big tournament here pretty soon. Yeah. Now, we have a lot this of is, IQs right, going This around. is also a, a, a trying to draw the big players back in, yeah. I imagine, which I am all for yeah. because, you know, there was a fairly big drop I want to see year, so. the Japanese players fly in for an invitation. <laughs> We're a little while off I that. know, but I, wouldn't it be awesome to it see those guys like show Absolutely. up for a, you know, I don't know if they would ever do anything like an, an entrance fee, like, or not, uh, an appearance fee. Which I think is like really the only way that you'd be able to get those guys in unless right. you paid for the. You'd have to schedule like really carefully. Be like, oh man, there's a pro tour here, and, and a grand prix then, yeah, here. We have to put a week. big invitational the next week, or something like yeah. that. But um, 
So that's that's uh, the other big thing about the uh, the, the million dollar announcement is you're, they're paying down the top sixty four now, mm-hmm. right? Nice, which is huge. Yeah, that is and, and it, right because it's not a huge bump in prize for the top eight. Most of the extra prizes are coming from paying down further, which especially you know it, as these events get larger, it's going to be nicer for for people who don't make top eight to still get you know a, a, a decent sized payout. Hopefully, pay for the weekend if not a bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and that's the way you get people coming back for more is is that you pay out the people that you know don't necessarily top eight. They they they, they do well. They do okay. They like X three or something like that. But uh, you know, that's the people that you want to reward for coming to your tournaments. Yeah, and, right, definitely. And, and you know, obviously, it's part of it is that you know they want to draw more attendance, and this should help that out. And it, you know, it just I think it's even though the the you know so the atten- the attendance fee is going up. A bit. And right, going it's going to, to forty instead in, of thirty. But like, come be, on. Let's be honest. If you're driving, you know, you got a car, guys, and you're going to go spend a weekend to do a Star City event. If you're playing in the standard and the Legacy opens, it's twenty dollars difference. It's twenty dollars I mean, extra for a significant bump in prize, a yeah. significant bump it's in the chance to get bump prize. In prize yeah. yeah, and you know, because and you lose draft draft opens. I guess. And, like and, I and I said, the there are other things bit. to do there, but there's so you, much more. If you decide not to play, I mean. It's right. it's perfectly reasonable. Like, so, I've gone to Star City events and not played, and I've just gone around, yeah, watched the guys doing the coverage, watched the feature yeah. match areas, side draft, side draft, cube, yeah. uh, meet new people that I hadn't met before, yeah. see people well, I hadn't talked to for an entire day before. Oh yeah, it's great. Just yeah, just so, hanging out. That's another thing that Star City does really well is that they do the culture really well. Like yeah. the the group of people, certain people withstanding. In, in, in any group, there are certain people withstanding, but for the most part. I'm I'm very happy with the camaraderie of the people that you see at Star City events because when you see people at a Grand Prix, there's fifty thousand people at a Grand Prix. You know what I mean? So you don't necessarily get the personal interactions. Star City events are smaller. You you build relationships yeah. with the people that you sit near at the player meetings. It's just like the old PTQ circuit, and I think I think Star City runs a really tight ship. They yeah. don't have people that are like unfriendly. The people behind the booths running the running the events, the judge staff. They're all really good. I mean, we could sit here and do a Star City advertisement all day, but I think you probably... Yeah. You know, but I, but I, I could do that, too. <laughs> so Why don't you do it, then? Speaking of, speaking of Star City shameless advertising, uh, I went down to Roanoke again with my dad uh, to go do some things. In, yeah. Among the things that I went down to do were, was film another episode of The Newsening. So, new episode of The Newsening, I believe this coming Monday. Nice. I think nice. my... Episode three? This is episode three, yes. Nice. Well, technically it's episode four, but episode the first episode didn't get aired. Yeah. Um, this will be the third episode. Uh, we've got some some stuff on the on the pre-release and some other jokes nice. and, and fun times. Good. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. And I believe Monday is going to be my slot. So every two weeks on Monday. Nice. And I believe that what we're going to do is also that's when the article will go up. But you can also see it over the weekend at whatever Star City Open. The coverage is on that weekend, nice. so if you watch the coverage, you'll get a sneak peek, and then on Monday you'll get to, to leave your comments about how bad I am. At Very it. cool. So, all right, <laughs> we have an announcement. Those people who have skipped forward to to the forty six forty seven minute mark in the program, we have a very exciting announcement. Uh, entitled Quest for Ancient Secrets. Quest for Ancient Secrets. So now, we needed is... to come up with a cheesy magic card name for the announcement. Well, we, we that's what we did. did. We, we spent some time before the announcement because the we just couldn't figure out how to do this. And I think there's no better person than to announce this. 
Dan yeah. Mr. Then Mr. Sam, Sam Stoddard. So there's going to be some changes in the cast in the near future. Yep, some big changes. Um, why, why is that, sir? Well, in uh, three weeks, so two, we, have, I, we have two more weeks of the cast of its current figuration, and then I will no longer be on the cast. What the hell? Why are you leaving the cast, That's bro? That's bad news. Why are you this telling us this? Well, it's bad news for you, maybe. It's very good news for me, because uh, beginning May 29th, I will be the new development intern at Wizards of the Coast. Yay! You, you may know this position as previously being held by such luminaries as Gavin Verhey most recently, yes. uh, Max Moreno. McCall, Billy Moreno, Zach Hill, Tom Lapilli. Yeah. So it's uh, it is a uh, it's a six month internship. Uh, hopefully, I will be hired on after that. Uh, you know, obviously, no guarantees on that, but I'm going to be doing my best to, uh, to to work with the magical cards. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, and. Uh, Little over two weeks, I am packing up my car and driving forty hours to Seattle. Wow! He's hitting Route sixty six. He's gonna. It's not Route sixty six. He's getting on his motorcycle. And... I'm, I'm doing none of those things. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad though that I have like my car before this was a Beetle. Yeah. Which uh, just Everyone you know, get that mental image in their head. The a Beetle. The Beetle was actually a great fat guy car. Uh, it, it was very roomy inside, so that's a whole bubble thing. Yeah, some Time Lord technology where it's roomier on the inside. Yeah, it was it was it was a TARDIS. Um, the the I have a Scion XB now, which is uh, the the most impressive thing for me was like I got it, and it's, it's kind of like a bo- one of those box cars. It looks like a cube. It looks like a cube. My, the first thing I had it, I put a dryer in it. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, because like my my dryer broke. I'm like, how am I get this dryer back? To-? I, so I went to like the appliance store and I bought a dryer, and I'm like, how am I get this back to my house? Why the hell are you talking about dryer, Stoddard? You just got a job at Dagon Wizards. I did. I did. Dagon Wizards, y'all. Yep. It's it's been uh, yeah, uh, Dagon. You know, it's this is obviously something that's been a dream of mine for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, this is great. I'm super pumped. I'm gonna you know it's it's obviously a few weeks for to start, so I still have to still have some time to do some more cast. Still have yeah. some time to you know. Uh, play some more Friday Night Magics, and unfortunately, there's a lot of time that we spent cleaning my apartment out and uh, throwing stuff out. And so I got to be selfish here for a minute right. because this is crap. Okay, uh, first of all, my three best friends in the world uh, are moving away within a matter of three months. Mark's son left me like a month ago, then Ruben's leaving, and now you. This is actual crap. I think we're leaving at about the same yeah, time. I think you guys need to what, what, what's your, what's your uh, alimony? May 15th. I demand alimony. I'm moving the 20, like, 1st or 22nd. So long, sucker! That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you guys are going to have to, like, mail me draft sets and, like, Well, you know. I'll still, uh, by the way, just to clarify, I'm going to be still doing the podcast. Right. I will be Skyping in to the podcast. There, there is going to be a format change. We have always reported live, yeah. which was easy for us because... Uh, we all live in Columbus, oh, Ohio. Columbus. And, and, you know, if you've never... Uh, most people here have probably never um, tried podcasting. Podcasting face-to-face is so much easier than podcasting Agreed. over Skype because you get their visual cues. You sort of know when somebody's going to stop talking. Yeah. You can sort of, you know... When you're on... If, if you've ever been on a podcast, or most podcasts when they record on Skype, there's a lot of editing that has to happen because one person's talking and someone else starts talking and there's this awkward pause where both people are trying to figure out, okay, okay, who talks next? Right. And when you're doing it live, it's much easier to sort of get around that with visual cues cues and throwing your hands around and stuff. So it, you know, there will be a bit of a, uh, probably some growing at pains with, with moving to Skype. 
And there's also got to be a search for Stodd. Yeah, right. so that's the quest for Ancient Secrets. Right. This it's is... a double entendre because Stodd's going to go quest for like for other for sets for that have been created secrets, in the yeah. last couple of years. He's got to get, gotta <laughs> He's get caught go up. Dig around. It's, 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 it's obvious for me it's not Ancient Secrets. It's quest for Future Secrets. Ah, Right. Well, but for them, it's ancient secrets. For them, it's ancient secrets. I mean, for me, you, have, you are them now, so... Yeah, I actually am going to have to time travel very soon. So, we are putting the searchlight out, the spectral searchlight, as it were, and uh, we, we're we going to continue to do the cast. That's the plan right now. And uh, we have some candidates in we mind, but we also mind, are open-minded. Right. Um, and so, if you are somebody who would be interested and think you could fill the shoes, we'd be happy to take... Um, suggestions uh, yeah. via email at uh, incontentionmagic at gmail.com or you can catch us on Twitter at incontention. Stod's at Sam Stod. Rubes is at Mox Ruby, R-E-U-B-Y, and I'm at uh, K-Stube. So, um, but I mean, who cares about incontention? You've got a job at Wizards. I yeah, know. Seriously, that's it, awesome. It, it also means that they're, uh, well, we'll not, I, I really enjoyed doing commentary the last few times, the last two times I did it. Uh, I was really looking forward to doing one in Columbus on June 2nd uh, with, I believe, Joy Pasco, and then doing the Invitational yeah. later on in June. Obviously, as I will be at Wizards, I'm not going to be able to do those. But I'm, I'm really uh, I'm excited to see who they replace me with. I am obviously excited to see how this cast goes, and I will still be listening because I need to be able to... And I'll... I'll I will basically I will, blame everything you. On will, you. you will get texts. Obviously, we're blaming everything. <laughs> Look, you everything's been blamed on Tom Lapilli if you lived in Ohio. Everything's been blamed on Tom Lapilli since he left. And <laughs> he's moved on from, from Magic, in, so he's doing D&D now, and we're like, we have no one to blame Magic on anymore. <laughs> Back to Rosewater. Oh, but no, that's no. kind of boring. So now that Stodd's going there, we got, we're blaming everything on Stodd. If there is a, uh, a card printed, uh, it, it could be M13, which is a set that I will uh, have... You know, it, by the time I get there, it's probably already well completed. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get blamed for stuff. Sure. Nice. I, that's just how it works. You, you, you know, <laughs> I, I know that I'll get, you know, texts and Facebook posts from my friends who are saying, uh, why did you print whatever the card is? And I'll be like, it wasn't. It's going to be insane for you to I'm, have I'm to just gonna link, yourself. I'm you just, know, it, when there's a red, red, one, 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 human shaman that comes out in three <laughs> years, it says tap, draw a card, discard a card. I'm going to shed a little tear inside. Like, that's us. That's that's our card. So it is. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I am. Then I'm going to pour out a little my bit of my Mountain Dew and say this one's for you. It, it, it is going to also mean that I'm going to be, you know, obviously much less active on Twitter. I'm much less active, you know, in in terms of some communication stuff. Some of are you going to be much about. less active on Twitter because, like, you know, there are still with like I don't know about you what your position would do, but like. Uh, you know, Aaron Forsyth and Mark Rosewater and Zach. I imagine at least at first I'll be much less active. Zach Hill. And like a lot of what I talk about is stuff like, hey, did you see this new spoiler? Well, right. I can't really talk about exactly. that. Yeah, I can't talk about, you know. You'll have to work on your snarky responses. I'm sure they'll, um, I'm sure they'll like have to train you. Like, all right, man, this is Twitter 101 for Wizards employees. These are things you can tweet about. I mean, it's going to be like, we got to build some hurry. He's going bombs, to freaking rack. Hogwarts or, yeah. or Dominaria or whatever. He's going in, into the. Behind closed doors in the pit, he's gonna see all this stuff. I mean, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. We we could not be more proud. And I've been saying for a long time that I thought that this is the path for you, and yeah. I'm, I'm just, it's just awesome. We man. couldn't be happier. Well, I am, I am incredibly excited. I'm gonna obviously miss all of you, both all of you guys, all of our listeners, right up until the, the point he forgets us. Yeah, which will be about. 
uh, about the time that they're just like, here's what you got to catch up on. Don't worry, buddy. Like we'll forget I'll, you, too. I'll yell you once a week on the podcast. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to be texting you as I listen to the podcast to say, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, we'll you're be wrong. Like, we'd like to shout out Sam Snyder this week. You can follow him at expletive deleted. Just... <laughs> Yeah. I'm just going to text tweets. you constantly saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And I'll be like, oh, sorry, I was in the we podcast. We just need to find somebody who just thinks I'm wrong to replace you. That shouldn't be it. hard. It's not hard. You're wrong on everything. Oh, uh, come on. Literally, now. we get one of those little uh, those little bobby, uh, you know those, 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 um, those little uh, birds that bob? Oh, yeah, yeah. We get one of those with a little button that says, you're wrong, and it just goes, you're wrong, no, you're wait, wrong. Man, you're you're going to get to Wizards, and then you're going to be like, Crane was right all this time. He was, yeah, about he was protecting us. He was he he, t- he <laughs> took the, he, sh- he was trying to take the wool off of my eyes. And now I can see. That's right. That's right. Yep. But uh, you know, so again, I still got two weeks of podcasting. Yeah. So we'll have a couple more episodes um, to fit in between there. So we'll probably traditional in contention before this show jumps the shark. Yeah. Before it jumps the shark, <laughs> and uh, and I and I do think um, you know, in contention has been a, a really fun thing to do, and and I remember us starting it. Forever ago, and I'm sure we'll reminisce on the last show, uh, we sat in this tea house that we used to go to, and it was called Ruben Bressler's Little Urban Achievers. Yeah. And, uh, it <laughs> and I was wasn't like, even on the podcast. Actually, we should probably shout out uh, Nick Dees and, uh, and Colin, these guys yeah. that we did the podcast with, and it was just like loud and... Like, you couldn't tell who was talking. I think it was, it was like, four hours. Like, one of them was, like, two and a half hours long or three hours long. Yeah. We just, just like, ran and rambled for, like, forever. So, maybe we can revisit some of our favorite uh, favorite moments or something in the last episode. Or if there's something that you want us to talk about. or right. You know, I think everybody, if you're listening to this, make sure you hop on to uh, Twitter and congratulate Stodd. I mean, this is a huge opportunity. And, yeah. like I said, and, we couldn't you know, be more Magic is something that has been uh, a huge part of my life for... Jeez, 17, 18 years. That's how you and me. 18 you and years. Me, actually, yeah. all of us met. Any, pretty much any. I, I met ever. most of my friends, my adult friends. I met through magic. Yeah, yeah and normal uh, people are miserable. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I would, but, but no. I, I, I have met so many amazing people through this, and obviously, I'm moving. I'm going to have to meet new amazing people. But I, I love the game so much, and you know, and even though I've, you know, I I, I played very competitively a while ago. And, you know, as you get older, life things can come up. It's hard to, you know, work over 40 hours a week, then go play Magic when you have all these other responsibilities in life. But I've, I've always kept up, and I've, I've the, you know, the, the whole drive to play Magic has never left me. And then everything with, you know, just the whole game itself, I've just yeah. become so engrossed by. And so now I get uh, an opportunity to be a part of making that. And there's, it, it's such a tremendous honor and such an amazing opportunity for me. I mean, it is, it's a bit scary to be, you know, to, to basically over the course of a few weeks plan out moving across the country. Yeah, three times over. I, I don't have, a, I don't have, I, I have, I have not yet secured a place to stay. Hmm. So that is, well, you know, there we go. Networking at its best. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, over, I, I, you know, I've got basically two weeks to figure out where I'm going to stay, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what I'm taking with me, what I'm not taking with me. Yeah, Wizards uh, doesn't have an apartment just on lease for like. You know how the FBI has like like safe houses. Yeah, they have they corporate housing. They, Wizards does not have safe houses. Yeah, <laughs> that no, they I just know have, like people that can and move they, in and live there while they get on their feet. And, and if they did, I would not, unfortunately not be able to tell you that. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but Wizards does not have safe houses. I, I repeat, Wizards does not have safe houses. <laughs> so uh, they call them safe havens anyway. So. Ah, fair yeah. point. Uh, well, holy crap. That's. I don't think we could 
top the show on a better note than that. Yeah, Anybody that's have anything great. else to add? Um, going to see the Avengers tonight. Oh. I got a I got a new cat. Her name's Ozu. Yeah, I didn't know that. These are all important things. These are all important things. I'm moving to, I'm, I'm moving to Renton and... We Warner don't Wizards. care. You can do your yeah. acceptance speech in two episodes, right. okay? <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> until, until next week, we are in contention. <laughs> <laughs>